podcast today. It is Tuesday, February 8th. Um, spending money, listening to places like these to get to. Um, but to go back to yesterday, something that I, I think I teased in the intro but forgot about. Maybe the third time is the charm. If you haven't heard, we're getting, and I don't know how much interest this would be of to you. Um, I thought it was kind of neat when we got an art van. How long ago now? And there's a great story that I recall that syncs up with the beginning of the pandemic with Art Van. But um, when I moved to Detroit many years ago, 1999, um, I got very familiar with with Art Van. And uh, my friends in the in the media and the radio back then explained to me that they're they're always advertising. There's always a sale. You're going to do a lot of remotes. So Art Van became a part of my life in the Midwest, in, in Detroit, in, in the Michigan area, uh, as much as like uh, McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts, except for here, which we're getting more of those. Um, so I was kind of happy to see an art van show up here at Spring Meadows. How many ever years? It must. I was still working the other place. So what, 2015, 2016? Then um, I, I will always, we all have these memories that are burned into our brain. Some good. I'm just there, and he unfortunately bad, with the pandemic. One for me is, at the same time we were starting to see how how grim and how many unknowns there were coming with back when we were calling it coronavirus in February and March of 2020, um, simultaneous to that, Art Van announced they were going out of business. Uh, bankruptcy, liquidation, all that stuff. And literally... Um, at the same time as we were all trying to, to prep and, and figure out information and who was going to get sick and how was this all going to unfold, how bad would it be, um, it was getting bad and ugly at Art Van because I guess a lot of people um, had had furniture on order and they went to ask about it and, and they weren't getting answers. Um, I believe things got so unruly at times that uh, whether it was uh, Lucas County Sheriff's or Springfield or Holland, police were called to get people to, to, to kind of chill out because the employees didn't have any answers. And many of them, from what I recall, uh, I, I think this is accurate, they just left. They were tired. <clears throat> they were tired of dealing with the cut or tired of not having answers for the customers. So they just left and it was chaos. And then before you know it, another furniture place opened up called Love's. Um, opening during a pandemic, I guess some restaurants, food trucks, food trucks especially have done well. A lot of businesses opening during a pandemic. Sometimes you can't stop the train. It's out of the station, but it seems like it's destined to fail. Before Ola's opened up in what had to be an old pizza hut on Glendale and Burn, some, uh, what was uh, a, a steakhouse opened up and it was kind of pathetic. They... I don't even think they were even open up long enough to get like real signage outside. It was just kind of a temporary sign. They didn't last. Now, now Ola's is there and a good Cuban spot. So Loves didn't make it through the pandemic. We barely knew you. Now, a third furniture place is going to take a stab at it. As I was telling my dad today, I was like, I'm kind of losing. Tr- the pandemic has made us lose track of time and months. And I'm in that spot right now, but not for the reason you'd think. I'm like, we, we have gotten past the worst of Omicron. I don't 
I'm kind of lost. I'm kind of wayward right now without a current Greek alphabet letter in my life. Um, but a third place has opened up Value City Furniture, which you're probably familiar with. Commercials have been on forever. Uh, in the arena where Ohio State plays basketball, uh, that's the name of their arena, or it was at one point. We have a Value City here. Um, I'm pretty certain it's next to the Kroger on... Uh, on Monroe, Monroe and Secor, next to Best Buy. I've looked in there for stuff before. Nothing to my liking. Not, 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 I didn't find anything. There was stuff I liked. I didn't find anything to buy. Or maybe I did make a small purchase. But we're getting a second one. Good luck. Maybe the third furniture store is the charm. There's a weird quirk about uh, about that, that value city. And maybe it's because of the pandemic. They're short employees. It's just easier logistically. Um... If you order delivery from that Value City, which I believe opens on Thursday, you're all good. If you order pickup, you have to pick it up from the other one. I don't know why. That's just what I read in the Blade News article. Um, also, uh, big business news here that broke this morning and not terribly surprising. Um, I follow stocks. I'm not good at them, but I follow them more closely than I ever have in my life. Um, and it was... It was stark. Like I've, my, my dad used to have, he bought me some stock when I was a kid, kind of like in the same way he'd let me like bet on football games with him, like five bucks here and whatever. But he had told me that I had stock and I looked it up in the paper every day instead of going right to the sports page. Now you can check it minute by minute. But I've never seen anything like I saw a couple weeks ago. Um, and, and I don't talk stocks with anybody because it goes over everybody's heads. And I try to avoid, like, we'll talk the superhero stuff because that's part of, like, discourse. And there's famous actors and celebrities. Stocks, no, but let me give you this. Um, there should not be long vertical lines going down. And that's exactly what happened to Facebook, which lost, like, you, you might have seen the stories, lost, like, 25 or 30% of its value, of its stock price. And then the same thing happened to Netflix after word came out, what, last week? that they had either lost subscribers or plateaued. And if you're just thinking, not many people were subscribing to Netflix, and you're thinking, so many people already have it. Yeah, but that like shakes investors and Wall Street and all, and literally the line went straight down. It wasn't a slow descent. It was straight, it was a vertical line, perpendicular to, to the bottom. You know, sorry, I'm getting into geometry here, which I definitely don't know. Um, Peloton also has struggled not surprisingly, maybe they sold all the bikes that they could to people who were getting into that when they couldn't go to gyms during the pandemic. And um, as opposed to Netflix and Facebook, which is free, Netflix is not that expensive, although that price is going up. I think we have some time to spend on that here in a moment. Peloton's in a, a big buy, and I know... Uh, Maj said there's Peloton, fake Peloton, and uh, you just get a fake bike and you can still buy the programs, which are more reasonable than maybe like a $2,000 or $2,500 investment. So Peloton, uh, also Wall Street trouble. Last week, people were wanting their CEO to step down, and uh, in the last day or so, he did. Um, and with Peloton stock pennies compared to where you can imagine it was, just a couple of years ago when everybody was buying them thinking, I'm going to cancel my gym membership and everything else. I'll just ride this bike in my living room or my basement. Uh, they're pulling out of their financial investment to start their business here in, what is it, Troy Township? 
in in a part of Wood County. So there's some there's some good news. Uh, there's good news and bad news. No Peloton, no jobs. But I, I think if you had in common sense at the time or any inkling, maybe you were thinking like I did. How can they keep growing their business? Haven't we run out of people who can buy those bikes? Don't they have to diversify? So, uh, long story short, that factory in Wood County, uh, Peloton will finish building it, but then at some point, but, but then after that's done, um, another place is going to have to buy it. And I guess according to the county or some news sources I read, it's still an enviable, an enviable spot for the same reasons that Peloton wanted it. So hopefully, a good business hops in there and provides the same amount of jobs with as good or better wages than Peloton was going to provide. Um. Some Netflix stuff. So, and it did, and this isn't more uh, Wall Street centric stuff, but I've been kind of perturbed the last couple of weeks, and I'm not going to nerd out with this. So, I subscribed to Paramount Plus. I think 1883 is on there. Um, I watch it for Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery. It's good. It's fine. It has peaks and valleys. This is not my favorite season. There's some nice fan service, and whatever it is, ten bucks a month. For the first time in what I can recall during the streaming era, a show that releases episodes weekly went on a hiatus, like a mid-season hiatus. So I, I can't recall that ever happening. I mean, usually there has been two ways of distributing streaming content. You get it all at once like Netflix or like Disney uh, with Disney Plus and the Marvel shows and Star Wars week by week. Um, and I was really disappointed that I still, and, and it was simply to just get more money and maybe to keep you on the app. And I'm sure they programmed it in a way so that you couldn't churn out and churn back in when the show returned so that you could save 10 bucks. So I really didn't like that. But there are so many streaming services now with more quality program programming than ever before. Like Four years ago, when I was probably maybe the only person in the area to pay for CBS All Access at the time, to get one show, I was paying, whatever it was, six bucks. So, half of what Netflix was four years ago for one show on CBS. I hated that at the time. I hate now that they did this mid-season hiatus and I couldn't churn out and save a couple of bucks. Um... Now the streaming services, the streaming wars are where many of these places want it to be, or at least their momentum is heading that way. Um, you, If you're watching Olympic stuff, are you? Lots of peacock this, peacock that. So you've got all the streaming services, the streaming wars. Let's run through them real fast. Oh, by the way, Amazon Prime just raised their price from $119 a year to $139. Um, I'm not surprised. And Amazon, unlike many places, has done very well financially. Like, really, really, really well. Like a pharmaceutical company, well. Enough to get Jeff Bezos into space, well. Um, and so that we can fund all of his playful activities. Um, it sucks that they raise their price. Whatever it is, monthly, it goes up as well. I pay the yearly fee. Thankfully, I paid mine in January, so I think I'm safe till next year, I guess. And they said it was on. They were blaming supply chains. When in reality, it's probably because they're going to be. They're going to. They're going to have the NFL, and the NFL and sports streaming rights cost a lot of money. I'm not going to get too inside baseball or streaming for this, but that's probably why Amazon raised their price. So you got Amazon Prime, and I probably use Prime differently than most people. Um, I appreciate the free shipping and some of the other Prime offers when I purchase products. 
but I actually find a lot of really good original content on there. Maybe one of my last shows over the last half, half decade, Bosch with Titus Welliver is on there. So is uh, Goliath, the Billy Bob Thornton show. The Boys is there. What was the animated show that I can't remember? Um, they they arguably have show for show, movie for movie, the best um, original streaming programming. And they also give me the right for me to pay them more money to rent movies through Amazon. So I like a lot of their programming in addition to what I buy there. So you got Amazon Prime, you got Netflix, who just raise their prices. I know some people are up to 20 bucks. I think mine is a little over 15. Paramount Plus, Peacock, Hulu. Showtime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, and there are several other uh, peripheral ones that may or may not charge, or if they do, it's a nominal fee. There are free streaming services that you can take advantage of. Tubi is one, T-U-B-I. You might find some really good stuff on there. Also, um, as I often tell you, use your library card. Your library card will give you probably not not nearly the amount of content of some of these, of like Netflix or Prime, but there might be stuff on there where... You can say, I don't need to pay for all these streamers. I can make do with my library card and maybe buy a la carte a movie or a show here or there. But then if you're buying a la carte, you might as well just spend for the month, right? So we're now closer than ever. And I said this five or six years ago. I I was not criticizing cord cutters. I was just saying to you, warning you, as you cut the cord and you get your cable internet bill from like 120, 150, 180 down to 60 or 80... Um, the cost that you will pay to use that that larger amount of data and streaming, that'll go up. Like, I'm actually stunned that streaming bills... So, I've been paying 110 with Buckeye for like three or four years now. I'm kind of stunned for all the streaming that so many of us do now that all of us, whether you were paying 60, I can't believe it's not 90. I'm at 110, I can't believe it's not 130 because we're using so much data now. Um, maybe somebody who has some insight on that can share that Share that with the group. Um, so I'm surprised that didn't happen with the cord cutting. And I didn't predict that with all the splintering and seemingly every channel or network or brand creating the, their own streaming service, um, I thought a lot of the stuff would just wind up on, on Netflix. Instead, we've got all the aforementioned ones. And the good thing about this, and it's painful because some of us... Hey, we don't, in the same way that we were paying $180 for cable and only watching eight channels, um, we're paying X amount of dollars per month for only a handful of shows. Or in Netflix's case, um, just one comfort show that you go back to. And every now and then there's a movie that you like. But just like cable, we kept it so that we could mindlessly scroll through and hope something was on. We keep a lot of our streamers now to do just that, mostly with Netflix. Um, We're closer than ever to taking advantage of all that uh, great content because you can hop around like people are hot on Yellowstone. In 1883, the Gilded Age might have caught my opinion. I think that's HBO Max. Tons of great talent um, in front of the camera and behind it creating shows for these networks. I, I forgot Apple Apple TV and the M. Night Shyamalan stuff. And there was a Hanks movie and uh, Macbeth and Denzel Washington. So there's stars everywhere. Stars probably has a streaming network. If you add all that up, even if you don't get all of them, I mean, good for you for getting all, you're probably pretty close to back to where your cable bill was. Again, you have more specifically targeted choices that you can go after rather than mindlessly 
um, scrolling through or DVRing something that you'll watch later on. Now you're now you're paying the ten dollars a month so I can go watch Star Trek or 1883 or whatever it might be. We are as close as we've ever been to um, collecting all those streamers together. And if there's someone that's going to do it, it would be Amazon Prime because I can already. I, I think I already pay for Mar- for Paramount Plus through Prime. I think you can get Disney. No, I don't think, but you can get plenty of other of these streaming options through Amazon Prime. And they seemingly have limitless cash because we keep feeding that beast. Um, if someone were to do this, it would be Amazon. And I know there are already some places like Verizon, like you can get Hulu, Disney, and ESPN. Or with AT&T, you get, uh, I would get HBO if I added $10 under my plan, but then I can just pay for HBO. So, uh, slowly, we're seeing these bu- these things rebundled. Well, eventually, uh, a bigger Goliath will come along, probably Amazon, maybe Netflix, and they will do one of two things. Buy many of these streamers and incorporate them into their offerings, um, or buy the shows. Amazon, Amazon will buy Hulu-specific shows. They will buy, maybe not Netflix-specific shows, but maybe they'll buy... Star Trek stuff and put it on their property. Um, and we will have a cable 2.0 as we just flip on Prime and we go through, instead of going through channels, TNT, Discovery, whatever other channels there are or were, we'll just scroll through Hulu, ESPN, Disney, and whatever else. Or we can just call it Bezos Vision. Um, another subscription thing. I'm actually kind of... It's hard to surprise me, and I'm I'm going to give this the best analysis I can. I'm pretty shocked that there wasn't more outrage. Like, we didn't hear the sonic boom go off at Joe Rogan. He was not going to lose his show. Um, again, it always comes down to money. And until Spotify saw that people were going to leave by the tens of thousands their platform... Um, they were going to stand behind him. And I'm, I've been trying to analyze why it's so easy and so quickly people are canceled, even though I hate that word. And especially when you have a big target like him who speaks his mind. There's misinformation. He's wrong a lot. And like I told Alex the other day, when you talk a lot, you're going to say some things that are wrong. Um, and you just hope that it doesn't have to do with anything with anyone's health or livelihood or anything like that. It's more like uh, I think the Bengals are going to win forty-one to three. It doesn't really affect anybody, although there's gambling. But a smart gambler would never bet. Never mind. We'll move on. I'm just surprised because look look at where we are right now. Tuesday and this Rogan stuff happened. What the earliest on Friday? Now, granted, the weekend news cycle can dampen things, but it was a quiet weekend. There was no football. If there was ever going to be a time of complete chaos and a big fish was going to got got, it was going to be during a non-football weekend. Um, But the sonic boom never happened. And it's not so much... Like, usually when someone who's controversial like this, um, and this is part of why I don't think there was a nuclear explosion, um, I didn't hear a lot of people who love him defending him. Um, you know what it's like when there's when somebody says something controversial, there's a bunch of people on this side, a bunch of people on that side, and that just puts fuel on the fire. Maybe because a lot of people didn't 
didn't defend Joe Rogan. And I thought it was a reasonable enough apology on whenever he put that thing out there on Sunday. Um, it, it was enough to pacify people. And he's had, this is like his second apology or mea culpa in a pretty short period of time. His his pledge to do better and have a bigger, a better, a more expansive invitation list to his platform. Um, and maybe both sides not throwing fuel on the fire is why it was kept pretty corralled. And at this point, Tuesday, not that many days removed from it. We've, we've kind of moved on. And maybe it was just the start of a, a new week. Um, I think another thing that popped up was, first of all, you, you didn't have any massive names. Who was the woman? Leslie Jones? NBC asked her to stop tweet, live tweeting the Olympics. I'm going to come to the Olympics. Um, yeah, I had three things of things people don't care about I wanted to get to today. Joe Rogan or the, the, the controversy, the Olympics, watching them, and the Oscars. It's very niche stuff. Um, but with Leslie Jones, like, she's a massive name. And I know that caused a little bit of, th- of a thing yesterday. People saying it's good that she live tweets the Olympics because the Olympics has been weird. The reason I think the Olympics are less relevant than ever is no NHL players, no big, uh, uh, no big Canadian NHL players either. Not a lot of big names. The time zone hurts. It's hard to find it as opposed to just flipping the TV on and scrolling through it. Now you have to be far more intentional and open up your, however you get stuff on your TV and then uh, Chromecast and use the peak. Those extra tiny steps mean a lot. There's some China. There's a lot of China issues as well. Um, and, Four years is a long time, as I've already mentioned throughout all of this. Four years is a long time since the last Winter Olympics. Summer Olympics were last year. Um, the, the I like the Winter Olympics more because the events are more unique. And quite honestly, I think there's a NASCAR effect. Um, watching people, sadly, sometimes get really, really hurt and carried off of mountains and the ski jump and the chance that they could miss and tumble um the the weirdness the uniqueness of of curling it's just so different from what we normally see running jumping playing basketball during the the summer olympics but four years in the winter olympics is a long time in streaming land there is so much more content than ever before and a lot of it is really good that's why like my dad always asked me did i watch the game the answer is always no I was watching something on Netflix. I was going through a show. I rented a movie from, from Amazon. So that's the second thing. And you can give me some Olympic thoughts. But back to uh, Rogan with Leslie Jones, you had India Ari, who I loved her music. And she was in that Neo Soul stuff 20 years ago with Alicia Keys and Erica Badu and Maxwell. And if Lauren Hill was going to come back, but not a massive name. Neil Young doesn't resonate with anybody who who really puts money in the bank account of Spotify. And there was another, was it Joni Mitchell? Now, if it was like Taylor Swift, was Ed Sheeran, somebody bigger and more relevant, it might have done something. Um, and there were some memes like such and such. It's pulling their their stuff off of Spotify. It, Spotify has accomplished something. 
Um, most people will just not listen to Joe Rogan. And in the same way that they feel a little bad by ordering from Amazon, but it's cheaper and convenient than shopping locally, um, Spotify has made itself a part of people's lives for audio content. In the same way, to going back to the TV streamers, you will get rid of almost everything, and I think the last one standing will be Netflix. Now, I reserve the right to change that opinion as Netflix has had to relinquish a lot of legacy shows like Friends. They're losing some of my Star Trek shows, the comfort things. And their original programming is, I think, a little more missed than hit. I don't, I'll just pull these numbers out of the air. I'd say the programming that I think I'll be interested in on Amazon Prime is 65% hit, 35% miss. Those numbers are reversed for Netflix. Like, yeah, there's a Squid Game. Yeah, there's a, what, a Tomorrow War. But there is a lot of junk. But I still think that Netflix has made itself the cable of people's streamers. One last thing. Um, the Oscars, if Alex was here, we'd talk about it because we've seen some of these movies. Um, maybe I can have my very good friend Justin on who probably took time out of work today. Like, I'm going to take time out of my day or time out of my night to go see Batman and maybe take the next day off after I see it a month from now. That's Justin with these Oscar nominations. They mean a lot to him. Um, but for the same reason with the Golden Globes weren't televised, these award shows, um, they're dying. And as I've said for years, like, it's nice. I like seeing some of the political commentary. Some of, some of, the, the, th- some of the performances are entertaining. But the awards, it's just rich people or elite people giving other rich and elite people things. And to be quite honest, if I, if I had to pick an argument, um, the big movies, by the way, were Power of the Dog, Benedict Cumberbatch, and I forget the dude's name, Kirsten Dunst. I watched half of it and I was like, I don't need this. A friend... Uh, a Facebook person thought highly of it. I went back to it, really enjoyed it. Is it worth all these nominations? I don't know. Dune got a lot of nominations. Um, what else? What else? There's another one. The, the uh, what's her name? Her name escapes me. But it's a good time, except for the Taylor guy. It's a good time for alums of Twilight right now. Um with Batman coming up, and then the Diana movie, Spencer. Um, There's one argument I would pick, and again, unless you respect the people making the choices, and we've really torn these down over the years because it's so insular, lacks diversity, lacks just people like us. Um, I was kind of... So, before you go watching award shows or worrying about the true esteem and meritocracy, the true merit of these award shows, look at who's voting on these things. Who's picking the winners? And if they don't align with you, just watch it for the entertainment, for the speeches, for the jokes, for the one-liners, for the performances. Other than that, you know, hand wave away the actual awards. I do think, I try not to fall into this, and I didn't want to be too, I wanted to be as objective as I can. It's hard for me to do that when it comes to Marvel movies and Spider-Man. And now every Marvel movie that we get is better than the last. And they should be because Iron Man was 14 years ago now, almost 14 years ago. And Disney and Marvel and Kevin Feige have learned from their mistakes. They're hiring better and better creators and directors and producers. They all should be better than the last one. Um, Spider-Man is a, no doubt about it, top five Marvel movie. Shang-Chi is like a top eight Marvel movie. And there has been like 20-some before each of them. 
I thought I thought Spider Man simply because yeah, it's low hanging fruit to bring back Garfield. Oh, you didn't know that to bring back Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. It's low hanging fruit, but they made it work so well. Um, nostalgia, as I saw in whatever that Hugh Jackman movie was, rem- Reminiscence. Nostalgia always wins, but but John Watts the producer did such a great job with it i thought they deserved especially with the expanded categories these days in the oscars because of a superhero movie in 2008 i thought it deserved a best picture nomination and it got one nomination for i believe special effects so again this is not maybe this is me just being such a a Marvel fanboy, fan person. But the movie was really that good. The performances were really that good. And, I mean, for people that we watched 20 years ago, like Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina, and even Jamie Foxx, um, we're not talking about De Niro and Clooney and DiCaprio who do the, you know, the, the usual Oscar kibble movies, the Oscar bait movies, but these are really good actors. And the fact that 20 years later they pulled these parts off, maybe better than they did the first time, I thought that, deser- that deserved a nomination. And for Leonardo DiCaprio, as much as I loved Adam McKay, who for me, he always hits home runs, he did Don't Look Up. Um, as much as Adam McKay makes Oscar bait movies, he did The Big Short with Christian Bale, also Vice with Christian Bale. So I, I'm all in on Adam McKay. And as soon as I saw his name attached to Don't Look Up, aside from the, t- the cast, I was in. But I thought Spider-Man could have taken the Don't Look Up nomination. And that is it for me talking about the Oscars because nobody, and when I say nobody, just very few people care about it. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We have a lot of guests lined up in the coming weeks. Hopefully you can be here for it. And if you would be so kind, share the podcast link if you enjoy it. Uh, put it on your social somewhere. Tell some people that there is some some good quality local content. Um, wondering why the hell another year, another snowstorm, and the old West End still isn't plowed out of their streets. <laughs>